Show. Your home for Southeast Motorsports coverage. Here's your host, Tom Baker. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Lead Lap Show. Good to be back with you for another week of motorsports conversation here on WSIC. And if you're listening to us on one of our various affiliates, uh, we welcome you as well. My name is Tom Baker, and joining me on this week's program from the WSIC studio in Statesville, North Carolina, is Gavin Bochelle, one of the hottest young racers in the Charlotte area, and his father, Chris, both in the studio as well and gavin good to have you here and uh hope you'll have some fun here on the show with us oh uh, yeah nice to meet you thank you for having us it's uh good to meet you again as well been a while since i saw you you were shorter than me the last time i think you were about like nine or ten and now you're uh grown up and you're all of 13 right uh 14 now uh, oh 14 yeah, 14 Gee. last week boy they grow quick don't they chris <laughs> very quick too fast actually <laughs> that's for sure i think the last time he saw you he was Eight, seven, or eight. Probably, yeah, yeah. it's I mean, been a while. Well. Yeah, because I, yeah, I, I do some other things on Wednesday nights. It's hard to get to Millbridge, but mm. um, so Gavin, first uh, for our audience, talk about your background and what got you interested in racing. Uh, so you know, um, Millbridge, obviously, but uh, my dad. I just remember me and my dad uh, driving by a track called Millbridge. Yeah, no walls, just a uh, tire, white tires around it, and I uh, heard cars racing. Went out there, checked it out. You know. Week later, we came home with a yard cart with Nick Hoffman. Started running laps around a Colasac, and um, it just all uh, skyrocketed from there. I kept racing at Millbridge until I was like, still to this day, but it came a lot away, and um, you know, just still here. How old were you when you first started to get interested in the sport? I'm pretty sure I was three and a half. I still had a yeah, pacifier. He was three and a half. Wow. Three and a half. Okay, and so when did you actually start racing, Gavin? Um, I want to say oh, five. No, five. four. Four? Four at Millbridge. Mm-hmm. Man. First race. So he's had about nine, ten years of racing experience already. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Isn't yeah. that unbelievable? It's crazy. You know, it, it, yeah, it's just, it, it, you know, and to, to see how Millbridge has expanded from oh, that point. Amazing. Like we, we have amazing. YouTube footage from Gavin's first laps ever at Millbridge. He, his, the, the neck roll that we used to protect his neck, Tom, was a was a the neck roll that little kids use for their car seats. So that's oh, what we so that's what we and wow. you know, he used to use he would get out and, and his drink was a sippy cup and and um <laughs> you know and, and looking back at these videos now you're you know and, and uh they're they're building a new website for him and doing some more marketing stuff and you know, you look at those and the appreciation not only what Jeremy and Ashley have done with that track, but just oh, yeah. you know, the whole the whole environment. You know, it's it's uh it's crazy, you know, to know that Nick Hoffman, you know, and what he's taught him, you know, obviously is uh, it's it's insane to see how it's progressed. Yeah. So, Gavin, ta- do you, what do you remember about your very first race? Anything? I don't even think I don't even remember. All <laughs> I remember is one time where I was racing down the back straightaway with uh, my friend Hunter Cohn, and um, uh-huh. we like were like side by side, like pretty much wrecking each other. And I got out of the car, and I always remember people just come up to me and just, like, waving the checkered flag around and, like, just high-fiving me. That's, like, the only memory I have when I was little. I think I was about six, I think. The first race he won at Millbridge, he was four, and J.J. Yaley's daughter was the trophy girl. I don't even know. And and, and Macy, Macy, uh, I'm sorry, Lacey, 
Um, uh, Nick's wife was the, was the yeah. other trophy girl. I don't even remember. I just watched. I saw YouTube videos of it. And I'm like, wow, that was yeah. really me. It's I awesome. remember. That's awesome. <laughs> that was mini me. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Does it does it seem sort of weird to you to look at that and go, I don't really remember it, but it's it looked pretty cool. Yeah. It, yeah. I I kind of stood there and I was like, didn't know what was going on. Just like um, stand there looked like I don't know. Like I was like, oh wow, yeah, thank you, thank you guys. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. You were four. What amazes me, Chris, about these young kids is, and I talk about this because I announce go kart races, and I talk about this all the time. When the like the cadet carts come out or whatever, it's like y'all have to remember these kids yeah. are just barely yeah. old enough to start reading. Yeah, yeah. and you're teaching them yeah. flags yeah. and yeah. rules, and yeah. I mean, you know, it's it, a well, lot to it, it's, it's it's you know the the racing world obviously is very healthy and. You know, when you look at just the way that Millbridge, you know, when Gavin started, it was really just him. You know, yeah. for the first couple of races, we would send out Tyler Lewis, who David Lewis is really the one that got us started in all this. And um, and Tyler, his son, and Jake would go out there and race with him, and some other kids would just race just so he had someone to race around. And then, you know, Jimmy's daughter, Kennedy, started racing. Rob Cunningham, Chase's, uh, his son, Chase, started racing. And then we had the Golds come out. Matthew Gold <laughs> started racing. And, you know, next thing you know, this class turned into five or six kids, which is now the beginner box stock class. And now when you look at those classes at Millbridge, they're, you know, 30, 35 cars a night yeah. um you know and then they had to start a cadet class to from the beginner just because there were so many you know kids that are coming in and you know millbridge just in general just teaches so much um you know the track is just so so good the kids are so so good you know you're in the heart of nascar so the parents are super competitive um you know and it's just it's a really you know, for him, you know, particularly to learn how to run an outlaw cart there. I mean, you don't run the fence like that Ever. place and yeah, anywhere in the country like it. I mean, it's so unique in an outlaw cart and micro would have you. But the beginner box stock to the box stock stuff going back to that is just so, so competitive. Like those kids, if you look at the first through 10th compared to when Gavin was there, you know, was, you know, you would have him and, and like I say, Matt Gold and Kennedy and Chase and, um, Ty Gibbs, you know, and, and, you know, his, his cousin, Jason Gibbs, I think it was Jason and, and Brent Cruz, all these kids, you know, that there was a little bit of disparity. And now it's, you know, point zero zero one yeah. or five from the, the top 10. So, you know, it's, um, you know, it's, 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 it's really, you know, Kyle, when Brex won the other day, I texted Kyle and, you know, it, I mean, it's it's not easy to win there, man. It, it's it's tough. It's really tough. Well, I was going to say, it's kind of interesting because you brought up, like, you know, Ty Gibbs and then now mm-hmm. Braxton Bush, Kyle's son. The Wednesday night deal there is really interesting because you see a lot of those drivers there because either their kids are racing or they've got, like, a niece or a nephew or whatever it is, or they're just watching, frankly. But you've, you know, you've had... I think Owen Larson has raced there, right? Yeah. And and yeah. you know, I mean, you you you've had some of that. I mean, I know Kenny Wallace raced there a few times yeah. and decided it was a bit too hard for him, so he went back to the modified, <laughs> yeah. the full size yeah. cart. Yeah, I mean, that's you yeah. know, which you know, the the outlaw carts there are no joke, especially when they <laughs> no. ran the opens. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's you know, I think that Max McLaughlin still may have the fastest time. Um, it's either Max, Gavin, or Brent that went like a nine five or a nine six. I remember Max hitting them. Yeah, it was five. it was insanely yeah. fast, like insanely fast. And you're right on the fence and those outlaw carts, and they're so rigid. Um, but yeah, it's it's uh, it's it's a great great breeding ground. It really, you is. know, it, it's it's one of the best dirt you know race tracks. You know, especially with what we do in the country. I mean, we race as you know all over the country. Yeah. I mean, we're everywhere, and. Um, 
you know, they're, it's unique. I mean, people come here and try to race at this place. And, you know, at the micro showdown, the KKM, it's, it's, it's different. Gavin, you raced quarter midgets too, didn't you? Was that before or after you started racing the um, at Millbridge? Oh, it was oh, way after. It was probably about like f- he's five, five, six. <laughs> he's all five. Oh, you were older. Yeah, yeah, he yeah, was, was way was mature, yeah. way more mature, Tom. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what, talk about talk about racing the quarter midget versus racing the outlaw cart. Um, you know, I kind of raced outlaw carts for a while, and I went from back and forth, back and forth, and then I kind of took like a break, uh, like a break from uh, outlaw carts, I'd say, for about three years, and um, I that's when I really reached like my peak performance in quarter midgets. I was like traveling all over the country, winning all these big events, and you know, um, I really thought like my asphalt career was like gonna be good, and then um, twelve, I'd say, I was about eleven, I got out uh, of quarter midgets, and then. Went back out to Millbridge with an aloe cart for a little bit, then eventually got a micro and uh, started making some laps with Jason McDougal out there. He was uh, coaching me, and then, you know. Wow. Uh, yeah, it was, uh, it was probably about two years ago. So um came a long way since that we are now, but um, it was definitely crazy just to look back and think that it was like only – it was already two years ago. Yeah, it's been a while. So yeah. um, you've been fortunate to have – Drivers like Nick and mm-hmm. and Jason yeah. and who else has been yeah. kind of a coach or a mentor for you <laughs> uh, drivers? Definitely uh, Christopher and then the biggest one Kevin. Like he's uh, pretty much taught me almost everything. And we need last absolutely. names. The audience yeah, doesn't yeah. know. So Swindell, Kevin Swindell. Oh wow, yeah, yeah that's right. Because um, Kevin is kind of one of your sponsors, yeah. right? Yeah, so talk about what that's like, because I've known Kevin since he was about your age. Uh, you know, he's uh, he's amazing. Like he uh, he sets up the cars, he talks to him well, and it's it's good because he used to be a driver too, so he kind of knows like what the feeling is and like how to like teach me and get me to that like peak performance level. Used to be a driver. He won like how many chili oh, bowls and how many? Yeah. I mean, he's been to NASCAR. I don't think that record will ever get touched. No, no. Christopher got close though. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's well, and again, Christopher Bell. That's quite a quite yeah. a mentor for you. What, I mean, what kind of information do you get from all those guys? Uh, they kind of like ah, it. It's just everything, you know. They just point out them like little things that I don't know, and they just they tell like even if I don't do good that night, like they'll tell me to keep my head up. I still drove great, and just they just tell me these things that I can't see in the race car that they can just see outside and tell me what to uh, perf- uh, improve on. It's so important to be coachable, isn't it, buddy? Yes, yeah, very important. Yeah, you really have to have uh, the ears almost have to be bigger uh-huh. than the right foot. Yeah, you kind of gotta like you gotta uh, understand a lot. You because you have these people that like they they tell you what to do, but they don't actually like they'll say yeah, 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 but they don't actually like understand it. Like I kind of like think about it and then go out and uh, try to do it. And not everything works for everybody either. So sometimes no. you probably try something that somebody tells you to do, uh-huh. and it's like, well, that maybe work that worked so for well. you, uh-huh. but didn't work so well for me. <laughs> yeah. You know, what is your driving style? What would you? What kind of a driver would you say you are? Um, I would say I'm kind of. I'd say I'm aggressive, but at the same time, kind of like eat like chill. Like I don't like take it like extremely. But like when I need to be aggressive, I'll be like super aggressive. When I don't need to be, I'll be super just like kind of passive. But uh usually I'm on the lob pedal always, uh going fast. Sounds like what I hear is you are a thinking man's racer at thirteen or fourteen, sorry. Uh yeah, I uh, I do think a lot in the car, you know. Um I try to be smart and uh really anticipate like what's gonna happen in front of me and stuff and just um try to see things that they can't see that the other people can't see and it just really uh steps the game up for uh to me a, a definitely big advantage but um 
definitely that. I definitely think a lot. But uh, again, I'm just when I need to be aggressive, I'm aggressive. When I need to be just uh, passive, I'm passive. We're going to have more with uh, Chris and Gavin Beauchel when Lead Lap continues. Do you love the sound of high-revving motors and the smell of burning rubber? Do you want to get your car sideways right at the ragged edge of control? If you've always wanted to try drifting or learn to improve your drifting skills, Summit Point Motorsports Park, the Mid-Atlantic's premier motorsports facility, has the expert instructors and the specialized track to teach you how to drift and the skills necessary to drift competitively. From skid pad to open sessions, Summit Point Motorsports Park has the safe and open environment that allows drifters of all skill levels new to intermediate to get sideways and smoking. With a focus on safety and the skill set necessary to drift competitively, Summit Point Motorsports Park's Drift Nirvana is just the thing for you. Call for your reservation today, 304-725-8444. Or for more information, go online, summitpoint-raceway.com, or you can email them at office at bsrinc.com. Drift Nirvana, getting you sideways the right way. I found hope in the midst of an overwhelming situation. I let go of trying to control things that I had no control over, and that helped me find peace of mind. Alcoholism is a disease that can affect any family. Everyone suffers, but there is help and hope at Al-Anon Family Groups. I was constantly stressed and worried. Now I approach each day with joy and gratitude. In Al-Anon, families and friends of alcoholics find new ways to heal from the effects of a loved one's drinking. Alanon gave me my life back. I'm a better father and husband. Are you in an overwhelming situation because of someone else's drinking? Alanon and Alateen can help. Local and virtual meetings are available. Maybe one could work for you. For information, call 1-866-200-0033 or visit alanon.org slash hope. What an awesome game. What's up with your car? I don't know. It won't start. How are we getting home? Chill. My parents signed me up for the roadside assistance from Lewis Meineke. It was free with my oil change. They'd come and get the car started or get us home and tow the car to the shop. Good to know. With my driving, my parents never know what to expect. When you join the Meineke Car Care Club with a $35 preferred service, you get four free months of roadside assistance, including tire change, battery jump, lockout service, towing, and more. Contact Lewis Meineke, located on Route 1, or call 827-2054. When do you think of a plumber? Like most people, even if it's an emergency, you can be confident about who will arrive to help you. For quality and reliability, count on someone you can trust. Call on the plumbing services of Hague Quality Water of Maryland. Plumbing doesn't have to be an emergency. We handle all kinds of preventative maintenance, too. Hague Quality Water of Maryland is family-owned here in Annapolis since 1993. For a refreshing choice, call us at 888-84-WATER or visit us online. Hey guys, this is Nathan Bird, a.k.a. Birdman, and you're listening to Lead Lap Radio. Birdman's run about uh, 15 or 16 different kinds of cars in the last three years, and I think he's won in most of them. He is uh, quite a talent, Nathan Bird is. Welcome back to Lead Lap. Tom Baker with you, and joined in the studio by Chris and Gavin Bochelle. Chris, the dad, Gavin, the son, and the pusher of the aforementioned loud pedal. (laughs) So, um, Gavin, in the last segment, you talked about how you were racing quarter midgets and winning and and doing great, and you thought your asphalt career was taking off. Uh, How'd that work out for you? 
Um, you know, uh, kind of. I don't really know. You know, um, I came back to um stock cars, and I didn't really know. Like, I kind of understand the concept, like still, but you know, just take a minute to like refresh because I uh, went straight to dirt after uh, yeah. asphalt, which I definitely did not expect since the micro kind of like skyrocketed and uh. I don't know. It kind of took a turn for a couple of years, and I went. I ended up going back, but uh, yeah. Were you Were you thinking that you wanted to be an asphalt racer, and do you still want to be an asphalt racer? I mean, you you're 14. You got plenty of time. Oh uh, yeah, I, I definitely I want to be a World of Outlaws driver, midget driver, uh, NASCAR driver, really anything. You know, um, I really like the dirt. Really like the asphalt. You know, it's just kind of I like going from car to car. It's it's it, it's fun to me. You know, because you can take those. You can take asphalt. You can't really take asphalt to dirt, but you can really take the dirt to the asphalt and uh, do those little things that like the asphalt drivers can't do when they get on the dirt. I've always said that because you can drive a loose race car on pavement mm-hmm. much better yes. if you have dirt experience because of the car control. You just don't yeah. have the grip, right? Yeah, I think uh, more dirt drivers like Kyle Larson and Christopher Bell, when they go to the sprint cars and they come back into the and the cup cars, they just really just like dominate those guys when they drive a looser car because they have so much better car control. And um, you know, it's, I think it's just a, a big help to them when you go from the dirt to the asphalt. Yeah, I'm sure it is. Yeah, I'm sure it is. Uh, So, Chris, you couldn't have anticipated when he started at four years old that any of this was going to happen. No, no, he definitely didn't expect it. This, that's for sure. Talk about, you know, I mean, what what is your perspective on all of this? Because it got pretty expensive, didn't it? Yes, yeah. Well, you know, the first thing he realizes is I come from stick and ball sports, so I don't know anything. Oh, okay. Um, So, you know, I don't know anything about racing. I don't know the concept. And, um, you know, obviously I understand the concept. You just don't know what all goes on behind the scenes to prepare and, so, you know, but fortunately, I mean, it's, you know, we, we've been fortunate to be around really, really good people. And, you know, um, in the outlaw cart where Gavin was running both the dirt and the quarter midget, you know, for a while there, you know, you had Jimmy Elledge at QRC. Um, Rob Cunningham is, is um, who is now, um, I believe he's over at our, our Motorsports. He was at Petty Hour, for, okay. Hour yep, yeah. Motorsports, and um, he runs all that. So he had a really good racing understanding background. His son, Chase, race carts was very, very successful. Um, you know, had, had, had a, had a lot of great success in the champ cart world. So we were surrounded by them. And then obviously, you know, we're incredibly fortunate with David Lewis, knowing Paul Platt from Talon chassis on the quarter midget side. And he just got done, you know, doing the handler program for Ryan Blaney and then for, um, and then for Jared Irvin. And then, yeah. And then fortunately he, they were coming out and Gav was coming in and, and um, Paul was able to take on Gavin and, and do the, uh, you know, the whole quarter midget stuff. And, you know, really Paul, um, you know, probably doesn't get as enough credit as he should for his career, yeah. <clears throat> um, you know, and what he's done to teach him. You know, I'm the, you know, coach, the tough guy coach because I come from the football world. And Paul, you know, <laughs> kind of just like, listen, man, you know, let me just talk and, you yeah. know, and, and mm-hmm. you know, not be the dad. Yeah. But it was a great barrier because, you know, Paul – you know, he's like a like he was like he's like family to us, and um, you know, and to go and and really see, I think for them, you know, watching Gavin when you would go to places like the Brickyard where there's a thousand cars, you know, and and when he goes and wins, you know, as a junior racer at the Brickyard, and you know, I mean, just do- I think we lapped up to like third place that race and and won the Brickyard, and then you go back and and you see him progress, um, you know, into the the classes where there's older kids and he's so young <clears throat> and starting to be able to really, you know, not just be out there, but he's competing, you know, you're competing to, to win, 
You know, to me, that was really, um, you know, the testimony to a true, you know, athlete that has a has a opportunity to be really good at their craft is is when you put them in combat situations and situations where it requires great things. You know, they rise to the occasion. And seeing that happen, you know, at, 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 as he was young, and then you you know, um, you know, as you move up through the ranks, and you know. Um, it's it's definitely pretty cool. It's it's certainly um, certainly wasn't expected to be you know this. Um, I mean, he's obviously got a long way to go, a lot to learn. Um, you know, the one thing that I've given him a lot of um, credit for, obviously, this comes from a lot of the people around. And you know, you take Kevin for example. Um, you know, Kevin has been with him since he was eight years old. You oh, know, really? Yeah. A lot of people don't know that. Like wow. when we would race at Indy, Kev would come over with us. Nice. So. You know, so seeing as this progresses, you know, um, now he's going to run a sprint car with him, you know, in the micro and that. But my, my point is, is that when you're around those types of people and, you know, people like Christopher Bell, you know, and, and Kevin particularly and Paul particularly and Jimmy particularly, um, you know, they keep you on the right path. Rob Cunningham keep you on the right path. And, you know, I'm just incredibly thankful and fortunate. You know, we have incredible sponsors, you know, real, really, really good sponsors. Um, and great support, and, and you've got a great support cast around him. But you know, I think that it's it's cool to see. You know, like when he won, you know, the first midget race last year, he was one of the youngest to ever do it. Um, you know, him and Brent, and um, you know, you see that stuff happen. It's it's uh, you know, it's pretty cool, man. And 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 the thing that that we try to instill is obviously we require is you know humility and hard work. And you know, I've told him if you keep those principles. And you follow those principles, good things are going to happen. Um, you know, you you stay humble and you just work hard. Exactly. So. Yep, that's for sure. So, um, I want you to talk about Kevin a little bit and talk about Paul too, because uh, your dad mentioned him both. Yeah. Well, talk about. I've known Kevin since he was about your age, and Kevin was. Um, definitely not the Kevin that you know now when he was your age. I'll just put it like that. Um, and, uh, you know, he had a lot of learn, learning to do, as they say. Uh, yeah, you know, um, start off with Paul. He, he kind of was like, I've known him forever. So I, I basically, I still know him to this day. He still comes up to Millbridge every once in a while. You know, he's just, um, a big, he was a big uh, role in my career, you know, um, he, I've basically, basically been with him probably much half my life, you know, since I was five years old. And um, he just taught me so much about just, like, the driver concept. So, like, basically when I went to the track, he was, like, basically my second dad. Um, you know, he we were there every single weekend. We ran so many. We probably tested, like, twice a week for, like, two years straight. And, uh, you know, we went to these national events. We kept losing, kept losing, kept losing. You know, we got mad. So, like, we got mad, like, frustrated. So, uh Went and turned a bunch of laps and then started winning winning these uh, smaller shows and these bigger shows. And then it turned to national events. We started just clicking them off one by one. And then once you get in that rhythm, you know, you kind of just uh, – you don't really lose it. You kind of start gaining more confidence and uh, you start – they start you start picking them off one by one, you know. But uh, he was a great mentor to me, you know. Uh, but Kevin, um, he would come out to the races too. And I was about – I remember eight or nine, something like that. I came out to Indy. When he oh, when he lived in Indianapolis, he would uh, come out to the brickyard and uh, watch me, and he uh, he would try to tell me because he didn't really I didn't really like know him that much, you know. I was yeah. still like a little kid, you know. I didn't know what I was doing fully. He would like talk to me and stuff, tell me good luck, like tell me some stuff. But then it uh, really like really boosted when I got into the micro because uh, he knew a lot about the dirt stuff, and um, I kind of started like get more mature and understand what like 
like what it meant and stuff. So uh, he was definitely both two of them definitely big roles in my career. I can only imagine what it's been like for you. Um, how do you like when you were younger? You were racing against kids a lot older than you. How did you uh, deal with all of that? Um, you know, I don't even really remember when I was younger. Uh, but quarter midgets definitely. I was. I've pretty much been like the young one. Like my whole life, you know, I've been moved up to classes when I'm not supposed to be. So I'm kind of like the younger one out of the, everyone. So like when I was like in uh, outlaw carts, I would be like uh, eight. They'll be like 12 and 13. You know, just racing them is I think it helped a lot when I like it just helped me learn a lot more since they were their racecraft was so good. So when I went and raced against my own age, I would just dominate it because I just learned so much from them on what they did. That's uh, it's a great way to look at it, and I'm sure that it kind of helped pull you up to their level. Yeah. You know, one of the things I've learned mm-hmm. in life is if you, you know, if you want to be in the next kind of success group, yeah. you have to start hanging with people who are in that group because it just sort of rubs uh-huh. off. Well, and you know, J- Jason and Kevin, not not to interrupt, but Jason and Kevin, do. Jason McDougal. You know, when he moved down here to run the micro program and, you know, just obviously Jason's record and track record of success in the micros is well documented. So, you know, probably one of the best at, at the Tulsa Expo ever. Center ever. Yeah. So, <laughs> so um, you know, him being able to teach Gav and help Gav and help him understand it. And COVID, you know, helped a lot. I mean, we, we would test a lot at Millbridge with, with Jason and with Christopher Bell and, um, you know, just understanding, helping him understand what to do with those cars. And um, and then when Jason went on to, to keep racing, you know, Kev ended up taking over all the, the Speed Lab micro um, program. You know, you could really start to see, you know, how how Kevin is influential and what he says and how he says mm-hmm. it and the racecraft and the decision making, you know, and, and really, you know, I, I, I mean – you know, I think that Kyle Larson and Christopher Bell are two of the smartest people in a race car. I think Christopher Bell is one of the most smartest and strategic racers yeah. in, in, in the Cup Series all the way down to, to, to the dirt stuff. I just think he is incredibly, incredibly smart. So, you know, being able to be around that and having that influence with him and, and obviously Kevin, you know, just, you know, understanding. Even Sammy, you know, um, just helping him understand how this stuff is going to translate and what the car is going to do. I, I often made a joke if Kevin or Christopher you know, would tell him to drive the car through the fence and turn four and come back out of the track. He would have did it. He just you know, he it. trusts yeah. him. He yeah. trusts him that much. So I think that you know, Kevin is. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's uh, it is definitely, definitely big. You know, what words don't even describe what that guy's done for him, man. Oh, I'm sure. I was I was crushed when mm-hmm. Kevin had the wreck because yeah. Yeah. that that sure. kid still had his whole oh, career yeah. ahead of him, yeah. and how many records he would have yeah. set oh, yeah. across the sport yeah. in general, exactly. perhaps, was unbelievable. Okay, we're going to step aside once again, but uh, Chris and Gavin will remain in studio, and we will be back to talk more with them as the Lead Lap Show continues. See you in a moment. When do you think of a plumber? Like most people, even if it's an emergency, you can be confident about who will arrive to help you. For quality and reliability, count on someone you can trust. Call on the plumbing services of Hague Quality Water of Maryland. Plumbing doesn't have to be an emergency. We handle all kinds of preventative maintenance, too. Hague Quality Water of Maryland is family-owned here in Annapolis since 1993. For a refreshing choice, call us at 888-84-WATER or visit us online. Here at Lewis Meineke, we're more than just your average car care center. Hey, it's Dave, your neighbor from Lewis Meineke. Whether you need an oil change, brakes, tires, or anything under the hood, we've got you covered. 
take advantage of our free check engine light service as well. Yes, free. And don't forget about our free shuttle service. Never stress, we'll take care of the rest. On with life. Give us a call at Lewis Meineke, 302-827-2054. Is your job sucking the life out of you? Wake up. You can do something else. Information technology. I know what you're thinking, but I'm not a math and science person. No problem and no excuses. Because it's not rocket science. It's My Computer Career. Go to mycomputercareer.edu and take the free career evaluation today. You could start your new life as an IT pro in as little as four months. Mycomputercareer.edu. That's mycomputercareer.edu. Do you love the sound of high revving motors and the smell of burning rubber? Do you want to get your car sideways right at the ragged edge of control? If you've always wanted to try drifting or learn to improve your drifting skills, Summit Point Motorsports Park, the Mid-Atlantic's premier motorsports facility, has the expert instructors and the specialized track to teach you how to drift and the skills necessary to drift competitively. From skid pad to open sessions, Summit Point Motorsports Park has the safe and open environment that allows drifters of all skill levels, new to intermediate, to get sideways and smoking. With a focus on safety and the skill set necessary to drift competitively, Summit Point Motorsports Park's Drift Nirvana is just the thing for you. Call for your reservation today, 304-725-8444. Or for more information, go online, summitpoint-raceway Dot com, or you can email them at office at bsrinc.com. Drift Nirvana, getting you sideways the right way. If you own a gun, you have a full-time responsibility. When you aren't using it, be sure it can't get into the hands of curious children, troubled teenagers, a thief, or anyone else who might misuse it. Your family, friends, and neighbors are all counting on you. Remember, always lock it up. For more information on firearm storage safety, visit ncpc.org. This message brought to you by the National Crime Prevention Council, the Bureau of Justice Assistance, and the Ad Council. Hey, I'm Howie DeSigno, and you're listening to Be Lab Radio. Welcome back to the Lee Lab Show as we continue on WSIC, getting pictures in the studio. Uh, always fun uh, to watch people risk the health of their camera by taking a picture of me. Um, we've got Gavin and Chris Bochelle in the studio with us. And uh, Gavin, 14 years old and up and coming racer from Mooresville, Chris, his dad. And so, Gavin, you said that your next race is at Millbridge this coming Wednesday, is it not? Uh, yes, sir, it is, you know, uh, looking to get another win. So what's it like to race at Millbridge? Talk about the experience of running, because those outlaw carts, I've heard, have the same horsepower-weight ratio as a 410 sprint car. Um, I'm not really sure. I haven't raced the big um big ones enough. I raced two fifty. I raced two fifties for a while, but I don't really see the. Uh, I raced opens a little bit. But that's you know. the that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, I think yeah, it's yeah. the open cards. The yeah. opens, uh, yeah, they're, they're they have some power to them, you know. Um, yeah. But I don't think it just doesn't feel the same as a micro. You know, they got all the suspension in there, and it's just a lot more finesse as the uh, alloy cards more rough in there, right. kind of throwing it in there. But the, when you get in the micro at first, it feels weird. You know, if you feel kind of slow, but once you start like picking your rhythm up and just start kind of driving it hard. It kind of starts getting faster and faster and faster, and especially around Millbridge where you have to be so precise and just drive it so hard in there, and just any mess up can just cause like 
a flip or something, or some the guy behind you to catch you and slide you, or just anything. Yeah. Uh, now, do you just do you only race the micros now? Um. Well, I, yeah, I only race micros okay. at Millbridge, but um, I race stock cars and then sprint cars and then going to a sprint car and then a midget. Yeah, I want to talk about the stock car thing because that was one of the reasons why I wanted to have you on the show uh-huh. is because the announcement came out that you are going to do some super late model racing. Uh, yes. Talk a little bit about that. How'd that come together and what are the details? Who are you racing with, et cetera? Um, you know, I think we're going out next week to uh, test at Pensacola, Florida. And with BJ, five flags. Uh, yeah, five, five flags. Yep. Um, with uh, BJ and uh, Travis, um, you know, I think there's a. I think we're gonna race a little bit there too. And then um, we ran. Uh, I think it was a limited late model with uh, Matt Piercy at. Hickory. Oh, you did. Yeah, Hickory a little I bit. I never knew that. And then you know. Um, was that last year? Uh, no. Uh, probably a couple weeks ago. Oh, yeah. did you yeah. race or just test? Uh, just test. We're, spo- okay. we're supposed well, to race we next week. And it got, well, yeah. we were supposed to race and it got rained out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that was last. Yeah, I'm okay. not sure if we're racing next weekend or not this week, but the next weekend or not. Okay. Um, but yeah, then we go and test with uh, BJ and Travis and then uh, race. Yep. So uh, so- B- BJ McLeod, just to k- give a little bit more clarity. So Motorsport Games, um, NASCAR Heat, NASCAR Ignition is yep. a sponsor of BJ McLeod and yes. the Matt Tiff Matt and Tiff. their Live Fast Motorsports yes. team. So how all that came together is obviously BJ grew up in the super late model world. I mean, he's a really, really good super late he model. He is, racer. yeah. And Travis Braden, who is his partner in that deal, is well-documented. Yeah, Travis you know, Winchester 400 winner, snowball yeah. winner. So, so how that came about is... Um, you know, we had had some conversation about getting him on some pavement and, um, you know, we had already had a hundred races booked or 110 races this year. And I was like, well, you know, gosh, man, how are we going to add more races? So, um, and you know, I just, you know, we met with BJ and, and, and motorsport games was kind of the, 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 the avenue into there. Cause obviously they sponsor those guys and they're a huge supporter of his. Mm-hmm. Um, so when we sat down, went through it and, you know, put together, it's, it's seven races right now. It's going to end up probably being 11 or 12 total. Um, you know, that was just kind of like the baseline and, and, um, just to get him more acclimated. And then we have another really, really big announcement for him coming out in the next probably three or four weeks. Um, you know, for those that people that had saw the renderings of the car and, you know, what was on the car, they could get a little bit of an idea of what was happening. Um, so that's going to be really, really neat as well. But, um, BJ is just a really, really good guy. Travis is a really good guy. Um, you know, BJ, I did not know this, but, you know, he's worked with a lot of the cup drivers, you know, some point in time as they've come through the, 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 the field, you know, Matt Tift being one of them. Yeah. Um, so, so it's really good. Oh yeah. Long time. Yeah. Yeah. So, so it was really good. You know, we, we, um, hit it off well with those guys and, you know, Matt's a really good kid and, you know, super, super super good kid. And BJ's just a salt of the earth person. And, and, um, you know, it was just the timing, and, and so we'll see what happens with this and how he progresses, and, you know, the plan would be to do some Marcus stuff next year as well and, you know, see, see how that, you know, you kind of slowly peel back some of the dirt stuff. But, I mean, we've got 112 races this year or something like that. Some obscene number. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So you're running a Jesse Love schedule. That's that's the kind yeah. of, yeah, yeah. Jesse. So, so, uh... so he'll go from literally, you know, we'll run um, the micro, the sprint car, the midget, and then um, and then the, the, the late model stuff. Wow. Yeah. Mm. That's a lot yeah, of races. Is, yeah. Okay, so I know our audience would want to know then where does school fit into the equation? You're <laughs> okay. 14. Yeah, so about that, you know, I go to school, <laughs> but we could say when I miss school, I get lazy and I don't do any more work. So that's the only problem we have. Um, during wintertime, I do all my work, you know, my grades are like, my grades are pretty good. And then 
as soon as I get into March, March and uh, late January, uh, I usually just fall off. Like my, I, I'm used to missing school. I'm like, oh wow, you know, this is great. You know, living life out here racing, just at the track <laughs> of my friends. You know, I kind of forget about my schoolwork, but I don't, I can't really do it because I'm not in school. So then they get on me at school, like, what are you doing? What are you doing out here? I'm Mom like, and dad oh, get yeah. on them. Yeah, I'm like, I'm racing. I'm, I'm doing what I love. And uh, they don't they don't understand it. But, uh, you know, it's it's definitely hard um, going from school, missing, like, two weeks straight, and then going back and trying to, like, relearn everything. Because I'm going to be honest, I, I kind of forget everything when I go home, and then I have to relearn it when I come back. And it's just, it's hard. He gets he gets a, he got a little bit of a break for Chili Bowl, you know. Yeah. Of course, the Chili Bowl, you yeah. know, being able to run yeah. that, it, you know, being one of the youngest ever, and so they gave us a little bit of leniency there. We're gonna get to that in a minute, but I want to stay on the school thing. So, Chris, yeah. how do you how do you deal with that? Because you know, I see a lot more of the kids going to the online school. Yeah, yeah. so, so yeah. I think I think what's gonna you know we're just gonna have to keep an eye on it because it, it is, you know. Um, it's a tough balance. You know, yeah. it's it's because I'm incredibly hard on him. He knows if he doesn't get good grades, what happens to your cars? And they get chopped up. Yeah, they get chopped up. So <laughs> not just so, locked no, up. No, they get chopped, chopped up. up. <laughs> so so the um so you know, to me it's it's you know, we try to like when I played football, like you you had to have grades yeah. to be eligible to play. Yeah. And I you know, listen, I wasn't the smartest guy. I don't expect him to be straight A's valedictorian, but I do expect you to be held to the standard. Yeah. And the standard is the standard. So right. To me, you know, just helping him understand, I think that, you know, he's so young now, you don't know what you don't know, right? You know, but he'll look back on this when he's 25, 26 years old and realize how he was able to juggle all these things and still stay focused and still achieve goals. Um, But it's hard. I mean, if these schedules keep happening and and the things keep, you know, um, races keep happening and you keep adding these amount of races, you're going to, you know, we'll have to find an alternative um, just because there's, it's just really, really hard. But you know, you just hate pulling them out of a school where they have homecoming and they have. See, prom, that's yeah, that's always you know, for me. So I kind of look mm-hmm. from a distance and go, you know, I mean, kids say, well, I'd much rather race yeah. than go to a homecoming. Yeah. Yeah, you say until that now. You're about twenty-two, yes. and then you yeah. look back and go, I man, I really would have enjoyed. Yeah. That. You yeah. only get yeah. one of those, Bingo. right? It's exactly it, Tom. You, know, is you get one bite at the yeah. apple, and that's what we try. But you know, they, they're just. You know when you know how it is when we were young. Oh, yeah. You know everything. So <laughs> yeah, trust me. I <laughs> and he's a he's a teenager now, so yeah. <laughs> so it's even amplified for sure. Yeah, it's 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 a tough deal. And I and I look at you know I look at this and it's like you've got all these possibilities. Like when mm-hmm. when um when twenty thirty years ago, you know, as a thirteen year old, you wouldn't have been able to go do no. all the things no. in racing no. that Gavin's yeah. no. doing. No, right? no, you're you're exactly right, and that's. It, just shows how much has changed yes. now. You know, just the the sport in general and, and, and the the environment in general has changed. And, you know, I, I mean, I have been a firm believer, um, whether or not it's the right way, I don't know. You know, time will only tell. But, you know, he is not going to get better sitting at home watching TV. Correct. Like when I played sure. football, when I played basketball, I played baseball, you were practicing your craft yep. nonstop. The difference is with racing is it takes a lot more. It's people. It's cars. Mm-hmm. It's haulers. It's, yep. you know, motors. It's, it's you know, all this stuff that goes into it. And, you know, so it's not quite as easy. But that's, you know, to me – if we're not racing 100-plus times a year and he cannot get out of a sprint car and then go drive a pavement late model the next night, then 
we haven't achieved the goal, you know, I yeah. mean, and, and you're only going to be able to do that and understand how to do that is just to do it more and, and more. And the thing is, it's hard because you don't want to sort of push them too hard yes. too uh-huh. soon. Yes. You know, yep. you're, he's 14. Yep. He's got time, yes. even though it doesn't seem like it, because we yeah. see all these, you know, teenagers that yeah. are getting into the trucks and, yep. and whatever. And we say, well, you know, I got to have my kid there at that yeah. age, too, which yeah. really isn't true. No. But you kind of. You know, yeah. and so, and then he goes out and starts winning and, and winning those bigger races. Yeah. And it's kind of like, well, I don't want to hold him back yeah. either. Yeah. No, you're, you're exactly right. It's a, it's a tough balance. It's, yeah. you know, we, we try to be very cognizant with our schedule with him, you know, so that he can have a life with his friends, be a kid. Yes. Um, you know, like we stopped some this summer, you know, at the request of mama. And then he, he was, you know, like, yeah, this was the right thing to do because we were just racing so much and, you know, because you don't want it to burn out. You know, he, exactly. this, he, he would race every day. Yeah. You know, my job is to make sure as the parent, and Natalie's job as the parent is just to make sure that we're governing that, right? Right. You know, um, but it, it's, I mean, it, it's definitely, it's a tough balance. You know, like you said with the young and being young, you know, everybody uses that as the barometer. You say, yeah. hey, my kid's the youngest, you know, and that's cool, but there is a point in time where it's just not, it, it doesn't make sense for that particular kid. Right. Um, you know, and, and, and what they're doing. So, you know, it's it's um, we've always stayed pretty stern in the fact of, you know, you've got to race and you've got to do it a lot. And it just so happens now that it's this multitude of disciplines, you know, <laughs> yeah, be I careful what you wish. Yeah, for. You know, you didn't I, I never would have thought he would jump from a, you know, a micro to a midget to a sprint car to a to a late model car. So, you know, and, and you know, time will tell, you know, how it turns out and what it does. But, you know. Um, I just, you know, I think that that's, that's the best way to go. Yeah. It's, uh, it, it's certainly an interesting dilemma that happens only in racing. You yeah. don't have, mm-hmm. you know, multiple football leagues at the same time or whatever. Exactly. I guess you can have, you know, a lot of tennis or whatever, but mm-hmm. yeah, it's just, uh, it's definitely a, a, a unique thing to the sport that now these kids get to do all and, this. And you have, you have so set young. off seasons, yeah. right? You know what I mean? You yeah. have a set, like when I was done with football, I was done in December right. and I'm not there till September next right. year. Yeah. You know, so that's the other thing too. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. Okay. We are going to step aside one last time. We've got one more segment to go. We're going to hang on to Chris and Gavin and we'll be back on the lead lap show right after these words. You own a performance car and you know how to drive, but you want to learn real performance driving. Well, Bunky, get that car off the street and onto the track. Summit Point Motorsports Park, the Mid-Atlantic's premier road racing facility, located just over an hour from D.C. in nearby Summit Point, West Virginia, is the place to go. And you'll find that Friday at the track is going to give you what you need. For less than a monthly car payment, you can attend this regularly scheduled one-day instructional event in your streetcar on one of Summit Point's three world-class road racing circuits. You'll receive classroom instruction, skid pad instruction in their cars, including including front and rear skid control, and four 20-minute in-your-car instructional sessions from a professional instructor. Have fun, go fast, and really learn how to drive. Call 304-725-8444 for class schedules and details. That's 304-725-8444, Friday at the track at Summit Point Motorsports Park. Most of us like to be out in the sun. That's why sunscreen and other safety measures are key to protecting your skin from aging and cancer. The FDA recommends using a sunscreen with an SPF of 15 or higher. Also, look for broad spectrum on the label. That means both harmful ultraviolet A and B rays are blocked. Remember, SPF plus broad spectrum equal healthy fun in the sun. 
Visit www.fda.gov sunscreen for more information. A message from the U.S. Food and Drug Administration. I found hope in the midst of an overwhelming situation. Alcoholism can affect any family. Are you in an overwhelming situation because of someone else's drinking? Al-Anon and Alateen can help. Call 866-200-0033 or visit alanon.org slash hope. Is your job sucking the life out of you? Wake up. You can do something else. Information technology. I know what you're thinking, but I'm not a math and science person. No problem and no excuses. Because it's not rocket science, it's My Computer Career. Go to mycomputercareer.edu and take the free career evaluation today. You can start your new life as an IT pro in as little as four months. Mycomputercareer.edu, that's mycomputercareer.edu. The Performance Motorsports Network is a compilation of shows about motorsports. From technical to controversial to just fun, everything you like about racing and gearhead stuff is right here on one internet channel. The Performance Motorsports Network. Tell your friends about it. Hi, I'm Reed Sorensen. Racing has been a part of me and my family for as long as I can remember. I had to make tough choices early on to get to the top. It took hard work and dedication. But it's those tough choices that help me prepare for challenges I would face as a cup driver. Make the right choices today and be ready for the challenges tomorrow. This message is brought to you by the U.S. Air Force. promise that was absolute coincidence jesse love bringing <laughs> us back from break and uh yeah we're talking about because a couple of years ago jesse had one of those seasons where he ran over 100 races all over the country in a bunch of different cars and you just you know you don't realize the wear and tear that you put on your body mm-hmm. your sleep schedule and and the whole thing and um until after it's over and then you look back and go maybe that was a bit much yeah. um but yeah. uh it's good that you have the opportunities that you have, Gavin. So now um, going to the asphalt, how do you drive the asphalt car differently from the dirt cars? Um, It's definitely a, a big change, you know, when it comes to handling-wise, grip-wise, you know, just the whole uh, aspect of it. Um, but I think it you can all – the dirt kind of translates to the asphalt when it comes to car control. But, you know, you kind of – it's opposite. You drive the dirt cars harder in – and you try to drive them fast out too, but it's not always the same like that. Like the track changes in the dirt car a ton. You can have a curb, oh, yeah. you can have the bottom, it can slick off. And I think in asphalt doesn't change like that much at all. No. It kind of gets maybe grippier. I, I don't really know. I've raced it enough, but uh, you kind of just have to be real precise. Um, I would have to say in an asphalt car because one mistake, you're going around or into the wall or something like that. You know, um, I think it just takes a lot of like consistency and um. A lot of patience. Funny thing is, is um, no sliders either. Yeah, no, no, sliders. no sliders. No, you don't want to do sliders. Well, and you don't turn the, an asphalt car with a gas either, like you do no. in, yeah, you, in you the dirt car. Yeah, you have to have all the way off. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. More, more brake on the pavements. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's what he's actually um, he's had to learn. You know, as we were um, actually we were with Scott Speed last week and. And, um, oh wow! There's a name yeah, I haven't heard yeah, in a while. Yeah, Scott. Yeah. So, so in you know helping him understand how to use the brake to manipulate the car more, mm-hmm. because in the dirt world, you know you're always driving it With more. The gas. Yes, exactly. Yeah. It's exactly. Mm-hmm. It. It's not you know like you'll stab the brake in the sprint car to set the wing. Yeah. You know, uh, but it isn't like like in a 
pavement car, you're mashing the yeah. brakes, setting the car, and so it's it's um, mm-hmm. it took a little bit to get the, you know uh-huh. the, the pavement stuff was interesting to see him jump in a late model because you know low horsepower, no grip, you know hickory is rough, you know, and um, but it was it was it was good. Yeah, it wasn't bad. Yeah. So it, it, now, how much of the late model you said about seven races? So ah uh, yes. And is that with is that with BJ's so, deal so, though? Because you he's got some hickory shows. Yeah. So that, the right? schedule the schedule will be um, we had seven scheduled with BJ. Uh, it's McLeod Braden Motorsports, yeah. mm-hmm. um, and that's all super late model driven. That's going right. to end up turning into probably nine or ten. Okay. Um, and then with Matt Piercy on his side. Uh, Matt's local guy, yeah. really, really successful um, in the pavement side on the late model stock pro Matt's stuff. Matt's father, Kevin, is the promoter. Promoter, yeah. Hickory, yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So um, so we'll run some stuff with him at Hickory coming up and Tri-County. So it'll be collectively about 12 to 15 pavement races this year. And then we've got about, um, I think we've got about 40 midget races that we'll run. No, I'm sorry, 30 midget races, and then the rest will be sprint car micro. Mm-hmm. 20, 20 or 22 sprint car races. Now, when you say sprint car, is that a 360? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. 360. We'll, we'll run some 360 to start out this year, see how he does, and then we may end up going to Ohio and some of the PA stuff, run some 410. So that's that's a new addition. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You right haven't now. driven a 360 before, have you? I've, I mean, I've, uh, never driven, to test? Yeah, I've never even driven a sprint car before, you know, but uh, I don't think wow. – I, I think it'll do some – I think it'll take some time just to kind of, like, yeah. learn the car and stuff and then just uh, – be more precise because I know with the wing, yeah, with, you gotta keep it straight. You gotta keep that thing. It's all about momentum, you know. But I think it, it might take some time to learn, you know. But uh, I think it won't be it won't be too hard because uh, it kind of translates just like the micro and the midget, you know. But you're in a lot more uh, non-wing in the micro stuff, and the midget kind it kind of translate over like the same mechanics and stuff. But I've never really driven a wing like 360. If I drove a wing micro, you kind of yeah keep it straight. You no, know, like don't try to lose momentum. You know, I think that'll translate over, but it would definitely be a, a big change. Oh, I bet it will uh-huh. for sure. Okay, um, so doing the sprint car racing, I want to talk Chili Bowl before we get off the air here. So, oh yeah, what was that experience like going to Tulsa uh-huh. and running the Chili Bowl? You know, it felt really good. Like I really, it felt like i was like i just felt like any other race i kind of looked at any other race but that one was just a little bit bigger you know but um it was definitely really cool you know being like one of the youngest kids there i didn't really look at it like that you know i don't i don't really look at my age as like a as like a standard for your skill level you know um it it looks pretty it sounds pretty cool when people say oh yeah youngest driver but you know i don't really uh like listen to that or uh say anything i just kind of get in the car you know i sit on the ramp just like just thinking all I got to do, just as any other normal race, you kind of just sit there, breathe in a couple of times, you know, just got to do what you have to do. I'll be honest, when the Chili Bowl announced that they were lowering uh-huh. the the limit from 16 down, um, I didn't think that was a great idea because, again, mm-hmm. you how we, we have a flip count there every year. Yeah. You know, these, these cars yeah. can flip very, very violently, uh-huh. and you think – you know, from the safety aspect, that nothing to do with the skill level. It's mm-hmm. just the idea of do we really need to be doing this at 13? Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. then you and um, Cruz, I think, raced yeah. there. And mm-hmm. gosh, I forget who Ryan the other Tim's. Uh, Tim's yeah, was yeah. the other one. Yeah. And I mean, you guys all just knocked the lights yeah. out. It's yeah. like, yeah. Okay, well, I, I think I think that, you know, Matt, Matt Ward, you know, was a big proponent mm-hmm. of that matt matt who was with the ascs sprint cars yeah. you know gavin and brent ran the power eye obviously you know gavin won a power eye brent won five of them yeah so you know ryan won um so matt had had a good look at what those kids had done for a while um and matt was actually the one that was really behind it you know yeah. he went to emmett and said listen we need to give these kids a shot you know they you know let's let them race and you know um 
I, you know, I, I thought that at first too, I was like, hmm, you know, and then, um, and then he goes out on Monday night and he's high point guy. So, yeah. you know, I actually remember Matt Ward. He, uh, we, we were coming <laughs> in the meeting. He's because like all the young drivers, probably like six of us. Yep. I, I don't, I don't remember me, Brent and Ryan. And, uh, we're all sitting there, you know, he's talking. They're like, yeah. Well, we're glad you guys are here, but you know, don't. He's like, don't screw us up for me, because if I if this messes up, you know, you're done. Like, we're <laughs> so, all, it's over. So, so a true story, because we were racing with Beeson last weekend, and um, so you know, we look up and it's like two to go, and Gav's yeah. in the in eighth, and Beeson's in the transfer spot, and Beeson and you know, and Gavin comes flying off the corner, gets this huge run on Beeson. Like I was like, oh boy. And um, so he gets to him and unfortunately stalls it. And I was like, yeah. if he would have taken Beeson out, he would have been the most hated kid in Tulsa. <laughs> exactly. And Ward would have probably thrown us out of the place. <laughs> and um, and Beeson was, you know, him and I got a, we got a kick out of that this past weekend. Yeah, he told me, he's like, I was fully expecting you to, to run dump me. right in there. Yeah. <laughs> it was for the A main spot in the Chili Bowl. I was like, no, no, no. He did it like a pro. Okay, no. real quick, Gavin, got about 50 seconds. Sponsors. Uh, most sport games. Uh, HMS, uh, Stilo, uh, Off Axis Paint, uh, Swindell Speed Lab, my mom, my dad, um, my brother sometimes, uh, comes and helps. <laughs> K1. Uh, K1, and, uh, just anyone who helps in the car. NASCAR Heat, NASCAR, yeah, NASCAR Nation. Nation. And, uh, anyone who just puts time in Shroff. their car. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we have a lot of great, yeah. great, but motorsport games is just an amazing partner. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Amazing yeah. partner. That's awesome. Uh, here's a little a little uh, tip for you there, Gavin. Bring a list next time. Have yeah, exactly. that, yeah. that way you can just read it, right? It's on the radio. Nobody sees it. Nobody knows the difference. That's, right. uh-huh. that's how you do it right there. Yeah, that's great advice, actually. <laughs> Real quick, how do people follow you? Uh, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, um, and that's about it. Well, Ga- Gavin Race. Gavin, oh, Gavin Race, Gavin <laughs> Bushell, Uh It's Gavin yeah. Race on Instagram. Watch Gavin Race on Twitter, Twitter. and shopgavin.com and gavinboshell.com. We're out of here. See ya. <laughs> You've been listening to The Lead Lap Show, home to Southeast Motorsports coverage on the radio. For more exciting and passionate motorsport content, follow Lead Lap Show on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. And visit leadlapshow.com. The opinions expressed by our guests are their own and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff, management, affiliates, or marketing partners of The Lead Lap Show. No part of this show may be reproduced in any manner without the expressed written consent of The Lead Lap Show. Thank you for listening.